Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fill Me In, a podcast devoted to covering the highs and lows of the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies. My name is Mitty, and I am absolutely an enormous Phillies fan. My name is Gordon, and I, too, am a gigantic Phillies fan. And my name's Andrew, and I am the Yankees fan that sits over in the corner and... I don't know. It's thankful that he's a Yankees fan. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, you're the only one who's thankful. Uh, We like you. We're glad that you're here, but we're not going to say we're thankful. If you are a returning listener and you uh, had an uh, amnesiatic event and you forgot what we're all about, or if you're a new listener, which is (laughs) a little bit less likely, uh, I don't want to just bring you up to speed. Fill me in. What is it all about? It is two gargantuan Phillies fans, as you've heard, who are Mm -hmm. filling in their ignorant friend Andrew on just what's going on around the Philadelphia Phillies. What do you need to know? What are the changes? What are the scores? What's happening? What's the the vibes of the team? What's the inside jokes from social media? Just the highs and lows, like we said. And Andrew doesn't know about any of this because he's a Yankees fan, which he's chosen. It's a path he's chosen in life. But we are here to help. If you are a big-time Phillies fan and you're listening to this, you are definitely going to know a lot more than we are. And you can just laugh about how stupid we are. But as long as you keep listening, we're not going to care. If you're like a medium Phillies fan and you know like a decent knowledge, just looking for a little bit more, just a little more Phillies content, that's us. That's what what we're here for. Come hang. And if you know nothing about the Phillies, like I mean – absolutely nothing you're clueless you you just found out about the team you likely still know more about the Phillies than Andrew does uh I guess the only thing I have to say is we're back we are back see there were doubters and we are back here we are we're back oh the number of people sliding in our dms just you know threatening hating it was uh yeah there were a lot but we came back anyway. That's right. When you when you take, you know, when you have haters, you have obstacles in your way. You need to just push through them and overcome them. Um, you know, this isn't the first time we've had doubters. And it's, I wanted to bring this up. You know, we suffered a, a pretty bad loss last season, pretty bad defeat last season that we uh, need to bounce back from here. You guys know what I'm talking about? Do I ever? Uh, I was. I assume you mean the the lack of Phillies wins at the end of the season? Right. Okay. Okay. You didn't have now, to go there so soon. Yeah, we just got done saying we were glad. Come on. No, the large L we took was the three of us losing the 2021 baby race to the Phillies roster. Mm. Uh, we personally, as a podcast, went three for three mm-hmm. in having babies during the year 2021. And we thought, Phillies, no way you guys can beat that. Uh, and somehow they pulled it out in, well, so to speak, in, uh, I think, October, we were just overcome, and uh, there was no way we could beat the Phillies, who had at least four, probably five or six babies as a team in 2021, which I just couldn't believe. Yeah, they got a number in right at the at the deadline, and uh, yeah, they, they weren't 
quite as busy winning as they were busy with other things in 2021, and uh, that led to us suffering a, a devastating loss. But if you think about the per teammate ratio, I mean, no, we batted a thousand. I mean, right, exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't think I'm up for a rematch. 2022 no about you guys nope nope nope. but uh we'll leave it like that the point is is that we're back though we're back even the loss with the babies we're back and that's the best thing yeah the 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 slow burn of you know this year is a little different with the lockout and we'll definitely get into talking about that later but Hmm. the the slow burn from pitchers and catchers reporting in mid-February and uh, stories heating up, spring training games starting to come on, all that stuff in through March to where we are now, which is uh, recording something like 10 days prior to opening day. Um, oh, man. Something in the air. Yeah, very exciting. There's something in the air, as as always. And we are here, despite not knowing if we'd get here. But in order to understand where we are, we should probably look back and see where we left off last season. Now, I don't want to get too down in the dumps, but uh, we didn't really put a good end cap on our personal podcast season. So uh, just in case anyone is truly needing to be filled in here, uh, we will inform you that when the Phillies went down to Atlanta for a pivotal series with the Braves uh, with a chance to possibly sneak into a playoff spot, uh, they did a, a considerably large number two inside of their bed chambers. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the playoffs. You know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't the worst season in a while. You know, it was actually a pretty promising season. We had a huge celebration for Bryce Harper winning the MVP. That was amazing to be, you know, just to, just to have followed a season that closely where one of your Team, favorite teams players wins the MVP. That's that was just a, that was a really fun experience, even if it didn't uh, end up with any playoff uh, action. But um, of course, you know the Phillies in that Brave series kind of let the season go, and it was those Braves who went on to ultimately win the World Series, which uh, is hard for a lot of Phillies fans, I would think. It seemed unlikely the whole way, given who else was vying for a World Series trophy, and yet somehow the Braves pulled it out, and it it feels it feels bad. It feels bad. It feels like it could have been really almost anybody, but uh, it speaks to the moves they made at the deadline, and uh, screw those guys. And if I remember, around a year ago when we were doing our season preview, <clears throat> and we were uh, going through a couple different projection models. One of them had the Braves winning the division. And not to call out your guys' failures, but pretty sure that was uh, an inconceivable idea to you at the time. And I say that not to highlight how you were wrong, but more to highlight that um, any team can win any year. I don't think there were many people predicting a Braves World Series. Those predicting them to win the NL East were... You know, few and far between, at least. So to me, that's an encouraging thing, especially since you saw their best player in franchise cornerstone get hurt. I don't. What point in the season was Acuna gone? It wasn't 
it wasn't that far in. And uh, yeah, pretty cool to see them win. I know probably more cool for me than for you guys, but encouraging at least that any team can do it in any year. Well, Andrew, I'm not the type. I'm, I'm not the type to call you out if I think you're wrong. And I know you said you weren't trying to call anybody out for being wrong, but I, I'm going to check the notes because I'm pretty sure I had the Braves winning the division. Um, and, you know, it just wouldn't feel right if I didn't start, you know, the next season of this podcast off with trying to make sure you are as wrong as possible. Okay, well, we'll uh, see. But oh, we're we'll going to see. see. Re- oh, we're yeah. going to see. Well, yep. the re- you know, we'll do the research and the facts will mm-hmm. show themselves. Oh, they will. Yeah, the truth will come to the light, and there's you know nothing else that you're going to be able to do about it at that point. I'm with Mitch on this one, and it's really not close. <laughs> uh, you might be surprised by that, Andrew. Um, uh-huh. Don't don't. Okay, here's what you're doing, and I want to just bring it to your attention. You are taking your own lack of knowledge, <laughs> and you're just applying it to others. And you think you thought the Braves didn't have a shot at the division, so there's yeah. no way anyone else could. So. You know, that's what you're doing, and it, it might be hard to hear that, but hopefully you can accept that and we can move on with the episode. Mm, no, I won't be I won't be doing that. I'm just thinking of the poor countless Braves fans who listen to this podcast. Well, I for one was was not I was not uh I really wasn't that broken up on the night that the Braves won the World Series. I wasn't sad or upset and I definitely didn't record my thoughts at the time. Um and I definitely didn't think that we could play those back on this episode and just take a glimpse into my mind on that one specific night. So, Andrew, in light of that, can you go ahead and not play the clip? It's ten forty eight PM. Tuesday, November 2nd, Braves versus Astros game is on. Braves are leading 7-0, bottom seven, I think. Uh, This is game six, so Braves are about to lock up the World Series ring. Just wanted to hop on and give some thoughts while I'm in the moment, while the feelings are raw. I hate the Braves, and this is painful. I'm so mad about this. I I just hate seeing them having success. And it's not about I'm mad they won and the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. To me, they're two separate things. Phillies did what they did this year. They weren't going to win the World Series, whatever. I'm just mad that a rival team is going to win it all. I'm just salty. I, I'm salty when I'm going to see those dudes throw their gloves in the air and run and, and make a big doggy pile. I have to do that? I have to watch that? No thanks. I, no thanks. I mean, I don't even care that they won 88 games regular season. The Braves were obviously, from day one, much better than an 88-win team. They overcame a lot. They earned the ring fully full credit i just hate it that's all i have you know what i'm not even done travis darno oh come off it seriously that guy what what i thought it was all about tyler flowers down there oh my gosh uh, drew smiley a gabe kapler special 
getting a ring? Are you oh my gosh. Whatever. Duvall, he just turns into a superhuman when he's in Atlanta. What's up with that? So, 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 so dumb. So dumb. And I, I just have to turn off media because, like, I go on Instagram. That's all I see. You know, once respected podcast talking baseball. They are just knob sucking the Braves way too hard, bothering me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm out of breath. I'm so mad. I have to cut the rants off. I, I don't know. I, I can't even bring myself to really think any more about it. So long, 2021 season. Baseball. I thought I loved you. You got a couple months to change my mind. Wow. Only like 20% of that was put on. The rest of it was just like, I was just mad. I was straight from the heart, man. I appreciated that. Um, And I encourage you to seek help. It... <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. That's the right advice there. Oh, easy for somewhere you to between say. video uh, clips two and four. Well, I'm just saying, in between <laughs> clips two and four, I mean, was like, you know, the heart of darkness. It was the descent into the the absolute depths of the human experience. I felt like we were there with you in that low place. If nothing else, Mitch, you've done a good job to paint the picture of where things were. Tough times, that's and that's putting it, it very lightly. <laughs> Did the months after, in between then and now, did they heal you? Do you feel ready? Are you ready to be hurt again? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <sighs> after some of these recent acquisitions, the Phillies, I don't know, dude. It's hard It's hard to say they're not going to be back. I don't know. I'm heading back to the Optimity train right now. I like the sound oh, of that. Yeah, all aboard. All aboard. We are off to take town when it comes to talking about this team. Let us get on this train, Mitty. Let's go. When dude. when you swing that good wood, I don't know what you what other teams are supposed to be able to do about it. I mean, that's what I see. That's what I see when I look at the squad. One through nine, good wood. You heard it here first. <laughs> Mitch, one of the things that's happened between then and now, uh, for me, has not brought me closer to the game of baseball, but made me upset and nervous. And that was the ever feared lockout of 2021, mm-hmm. 2022. Um, for for the fan that maybe didn't wasn't playing paying super close attention throughout the uh, winter meetings and such, this was the year that the collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and the players' union was up, and the new one needed to be negotiated. Uh, this was, uh, looked forward to by the players as they felt like they had several bones to pick and, um, wanted to come away with some rule changes and it ended up in a, uh, I don't know. How long did the lockout go? Technically a couple months, mm-hmm. several weeks, six weeks, something like that of, uh, no baseball or team related activities, um, and delayed spring training and ultimately a delayed opening day by about a week or so. Uh, were you guys worried about how long that delay was going to happen, or did you feel like we were going to get to see a 
pretty normal opening day. I, for one, was very nervous because different players from around the league kept uh, on Twitter posting photos of the players representing the player side, the, the players' the association at these meetings. And everyone was in like their like Tommy Bahama shirts and flip flops. And it just didn't seem like business. And I was very nervous that we were headed for a very long and potentially canceled season. So uh, I think we can count ourselves blessed to be seeing baseball as soon as we are seeing it. Uh, Mitty, what was your take? Couldn't agree more. If they were looking for business acumen, they know who they needed to go to. And that would have been Alex Rodriguez. And that's all that we as media consumers need is more of that guy Mm -hmm. on our feeds and on our TV. I think that would have gone a long way. Yeah, Uh, A-Rod Corp needed to be involved. Yeah, honestly, we would have been done back in December when Mm -hmm. we started. Um, Baseball. I agree. I didn't didn't think the players looked too impressive, but um, I kind of had a feeling they'd get things worked out because it looks... You know, it just looks bad. And I just thought, you know, why would they want to, like, be in a standoff such that they're not even doing the thing they're there for? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you going to fight about all this to the point that you don't even play the game? Like, if you care that much, play the game. But, uh, you know, there's different sides. It's like the players step out of their baseball uniforms and they've never dressed themselves in other clothes at any time ever. Like, they could have just stepped in the gym. Yeah, it's like they could have been wearing Jinko jeans and they would have looked better than what they had on. It was so bad. It was I was really shocked that bad. these are people, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions and tens of millions of dollars. And no one's asked the question of their wives, families, style experts. If I don't even know what exists out there. There's plenty of things. Money can buy a lot of things and certainly advice on how to dress. And not a single one of them did that. I'm shocked. I wonder if a deal would have gotten done sooner if both the owners, the top MLB executives, and the players all had to come to negotiations in full baseball uniforms. <laughs> would there be? I think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, the mediators would be. Yeah, mediators would be in umpire uniforms. The you know I think the style failures come down to two things. One. Um, Mainly uh, that baseball players play so many games. They just have so many less days that they need to get dressed like a normal human. And it just shows in the offseason. Less reps. Less reps in the morning. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. They're in the cage. They're not focused on, you know, the the latest threads from uh, Roberto, Roberto Mond. Mondasori or whatever you want to say, it's, you know, the, the pure. What family. in heaven's he name are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about style, class. A Rod knows this stuff. You see, him, who is Roberto Montessori? Roberto Montessori. <laughs> he is an Montessori Italian is a type of preschool connoisseur. <laughs> A-Rod Roberto knows. Montessori is. That's who JT Real Muto hired to style him for their all-star game three years ago. It was Roberto Mondasori. What on earth is that pole? That person when, does not exist, Mitch. You're lying. That's, when a, I get, that's not when true. I get A-Rod, when I get A-Rod on the podcast, you will understand. I don't think it's even close to anything real. 
let's not dwell too long on the negative part of the offseason. We do want to highlight some of the changes that come with the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, now, Mitch, as you stated, you were locked in to these negotiations. You know a ton about the specifics that were included in the fine print of this agreement. What was your favorite outcome from the, the agreement? Well, it wasn't even an outcome. But one thing that made me giddy is I heard <laughs> that they were talking about uh, possibly, and now it'll get done at the next agreement probably. They'll, they'll have this in place. A... Home run derby, if if a game goes into too many extra innings, it just turns into a home run derby instead, like a shootout. And now that gets me excited. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Was that, uh, I must have missed that part. Well, and what I had heard was that with 90 days of notice, the MLB can implement a rule where if the game goes beyond 14 innings, it's decided between a game of flip cup between the two bullpens. And that's how they decide all those extra inning games. Now, I like that. I hadn't heard that one either. I like that because the doing it between the bullpens would definitely add a different level of uh, energy. Right. And since it's just the bullpens, would you maybe purposely save a roster spot for someone you know mm. was like, you know, in a pretty serious frat? Or, you know, whatever it may be. Is it worth guess, giving Guess who's video? back? David Wells. Oh, man. And that would be part of the the bullpen coach and the catch, pitching and catching coaches. Like, they would be mm-hmm. in charge of that performance. Dude, I, I bet think. Nick Swisher was so good at flip cup. Oh, dude. That's a good, yeah, the, he seems that way. Be, I mean, Bellinger, current player, who you know is going to absolutely clean up with that. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. another outcome in twenty in twenty twenty six, uh, each um, each bullpen will also be allowed to have three hammocks installed. Uh, so that's a really big one oh. for the players. Is there's there's some relaxation occurring? It's really a pro player move, but three hammocks per bullpen. And is that going to uh, be like a seniority kind of thing? You think, or a hierarchy well, of the bullpen closer always gets a hammock? They're getting those love seat ones, so it's kind of a max weight of twelve hundred pounds, and we'll just see what happens. Hmm. Again, David Wells factors in there. The weight capacity, I believe. Man, you guys are so close. Uh, close, but no cigar. On some of the major outcomes of this collective bargaining agreement, I hate to be the one to break that to you. Uh, before we move oh. on, let me just highlight a few of the important ones. 12 team uh 12 teams make the playoffs each year that's up from 10 was it 10 5 yeah that makes i think that makes sense um so the top 2 division winners will get a bye and then the other four will play three game series between each other <clears throat> uh the MLB can uh, does not need to go through the players for rule changes anymore. They just need to give them 45 days notice. And um, the first big example of this is that beginning in 2023, the shift will be banned. So I'm sure that will be a conversation for a future episode. Um, implications of that. And then the biggest one that came out of it for this year that we will definitely be getting into 
is the implementation of the quote-unquote universal designated hitter, um, which is going to obviously make the National League look a lot different and National League rosters look a lot different. Okay, that all sounds made up too, so... Yeah, this is sort of a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Yeah, you know, what? You know, the only thing I would believe is if you told me, like, they made the bases bigger or something ridiculous that they could have never possibly agreed on. Yeah, that'll be the day. Well, with all these new things, why don't we talk about the old things, you know, out, out, out with the old and with the new. What is that old that is heading out? There's quite a bit there, and uh, I mean, frankly, I thought, I mean, Mitty, I don't know what you think about this, but I thought it, it, it could be fun with our Yankees fans sitting in the corner over there if Andrew would just read off every player who's not returning uh, to the squad this year, and then we get kind of like a Rorschach test for the Phillies. We get a one-word reaction or message, uh, hmm. either a one- or a three-word instant reaction to the name when we hear it. All right, you fellas ready? These all of these transactions happened at the beginning of November. Uh, and here we go. Right-handed pitcher Ian Kennedy elects free agency. Assassination. <laughs> Is that anything? Home run allowed. Right-handed pitcher Archie Bradley elects free agency. Fraud. It's not a word, but it's the it's the hang loose emoji. <laughs> Shortstop Brad Miller elects free agency. Deep incredible sadness. Bye bye bamboo. Left hand pitcher Matt Moore elects free agency. Geriatrics. Good. <laughs> right hand pitcher Hector Nedis elects free agency. Loss. Had to be done. Shortstop Freddie Galvis elects free agency. Orioles. <laughs> Dreads. Catcher Andrew Knapp elects free agency. Father. Lefty power bat. Center fielder Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> elects free agency. This is your last one. So long, sweet prince. It's, it's one luck, to three Larry. words or so. Yeah, good, good luck, Larry. Think about the offseason in that way. I don't feel so bad about it. I, I don't mind seeing any of those names really go. Maybe maybe Hector, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, like, see you later to all those guys. Am I, I wrong was, there? Like, that feels okay. I was really upset about the Hector thing. I'm like, he's one of the best arms. We, like, just don't, like, just sign him. It's not that, not that much. Like, just hang on to him, but... It's almost one of those things where if he does go on and is better than he was here, which is very believable, like that's not going to be a thing where it's like we gave up on him too early. Like you, you knew he could go somewhere else and be and be very solid. I I feel like we can kind of be at peace and say we gave him his shot, and it. I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like some guys were just never going to get it going in the situation they're in and they're not better they're not all of a sudden better it's just the fit's better something's better and you you can't really say that well that team ruins players even though it's arguable that the Phillies could do that but 
I don't think that's the case with him. It just might be, you know, if he's better, he's better. I mean, it's it's inevitable. He will he will go to Houston and he will get into high leverage spots and get them at a lot of tough jams and just look incredible. It is inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, but he I wasn't made my piece that with it. Year. He he was not going to. And do I that year. Well, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just I, what I'm saying is I'm predicting the the future pain. It is just still to come. He's gonna he's gonna absolutely mow people down. And good for him. I don't know what will unlock there, if it's the coaching, if it's the circumstances, or what it is. But he will inevitably go on to be successful. And you're right. It wouldn't have happened here. So, so long. Happy trails. Exactly. That's the whole point of this. We've moved on. The protector is no longer protecting here. I'll tell you what. We need to, you know, I wish we could skip forward to next year. Because I was, I have really poor performance on my roar shock test there I, I i really want to do over with that so can't wait till some of these current phillies leave the team and i get to try that again next year well <laughs> well don't wish the time away too quickly mitch uh because we need to just come right around here and as we watch the one train leave the station the welcome wagons coming in the other side and so we have some new additions to the team that frankly uh, you know, as was briefly alluded to earlier, have led to a place where the the clips we heard from you earlier when the Braves won the World Season, that very same man <laughs> is here on the line with us today. And he is giving commentary on this team, and there might even be a hint of optimism in his voice. And And why is that? It's because of the list we're about to go through. And frankly, let, I believe you have it in chronological here. We start with Corey Knebel, and that is exactly how you start an offseason for a team who lost someone like Hector. It does a little bit of work to bring in a, a 30-year-old uh, veteran arm that knows how to handle relief innings. I think he's going to be the closer, and I'm very excited about him. Welcome to Philadelphia, Corey Knebel. Absolutely no qualms. You said that very well. Uh, no qualms from me there. You needed to make additions in the bullpen. They did that. I believe that was a pre-lockout uh, agreement. So even just that one under the belt before the all talks had to stop it went a little bit, uh, little went kind of a long way with the Phillies fans' conscience, I think. All on the delay all of a sudden. Oh. Okay, but I will. Bills were not done adding to the bullpen. They uh, also went ahead and brought in Yuri's Familia, who you would be familiar with if... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can't even get that one out with a straight terrible. No. That is, yeah, that's not that good. on the record. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, but you would know. Wait, that a year from now. You, Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> okay, just just stop the tape. Uh, Phillies fans know him because he was been with the Mets for a long time. Not as strong lately, but he has had some very Ilya. good innings. Uh, in the bullpen in his career. We'll see if we can recapture some of that. And right after Uris Familia, what felt like the same day, and, and Mitch, I'd be curious to hear how you feel about this, because this was two Mets signings in free agency right back-to-back, right from their bullpen, which was not good last year. But Brad Hand's coming to town. Again, a guy who had experienced some level of reliability in the past. Uh, you know, I think we're kind of hoping to a lesser degree 
that he finds, you know, whatever lever to pull or button to press here in Philadelphia and have success. But Brad Hand brought into town and, uh, yeah, goes to, to firm up the bullpen, and he's definitely another name. I don't know how much work he's going to get, but uh, there he is. Got two Mets coming into town. I don't know. Yeah, he's hard, been. We're going to find a way. He's been around the league, uh, and if nothing else, he's been, uh, at, you know, pitched a lot of innings, it feels like, in, you know, between Washington, Cleveland, and, and um, last season with the Mets. But he can really, I feel like, cover a number of situations out of the bullpen, not just not just one set of innings you can put him in. You know, he can, he can kind of be uh, thrown in as needed no matter the situation. And in that sense, I think he will come in handy. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, you're... Yeah, let's I'm just move on. You. These are, the, these, are the, these next yeah, two are the fun ones me. anyway. I know they're coming. The literal heavy hitters. We were we were deep in the talks with you know on Twitter. You know you hear us the Phillies embroiled in the signings, and uh, our first big land of the off season was Kyle Schwarber, which with the Universal DH being implemented is just electrifying because not only can he play in the field for us but he could also play at that dh spot and uh he's gonna rake at the bank that's all i have to say about that yeah absolutely great signing i feel you 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 don't regret it when you sign a strong bat you just can't and i know the phillies have had a rough go of it defensively lately and it you know this isn't helping he's it seems like a cliche to talk about how he's a bad fielder. He's he's not good at at fielding, but you know some of the time he'll get to DH. But even when he's out there, I think the bat is going to be worth it. I mean, I know there are a ton of MLB teams that feel that it is. So you know, Phillies felt similarly, and that's no surprise. I think it's a great signing. They they locked him up decently long term, and he's the type of guy that you know if the contract start look starts looking bad, you know. I mentioned this to Gord once before. He's a guy who, with one swing of the bat, can change the game. And I know that sounds also like a cliche, but those guys don't grow on trees. And he is someone who would definitely be, uh, you know, coveted in the trade talks if the Phillies are, are, you know, say four years down the line, in a different position than they are now. You know, the money of the contract doesn't matter too much. I think he could be. Uh, coveted around the league if we ever needed to uh, move him he's a winner been to the postseason five out of six years he's a he's a guy who's won a world series he's a guy who likes to have a good time and frankly winners and people who have a good time have been in very high demand in the phillies clubhouse and we bring the the one guy home on the free agency market that can do that that's just self-awareness from Dombrowski, and I love it. That leads us to what is Dave's piece de resistance of free agency. <laughs> the biggest surprise, the bi- biggest surprise in years, in maybe a whole decade, of since Cliff Lee. It's the biggest surprise since Cliff Lee uh, that the Phillies have done in terms of bringing guys in. And we went over the luxury tax. Shout out King Dave Dombrowski. Shout out John Middleton for finally doing his job. And we brought in, and I cannot wait for Dan Baker to do this justice, Nick 
Castellanos joining the lineup. That's some good wood. Oh, that is tremendous wood. As you said, <laughs> going with the stupid money approach over the luxury tax. But do you really care when you have a lineup like this one? That's gonna be I don't know if I'm going to put the headset on again. <laughs> he has been known to make people quit with how good his bat is. And I think that's the whole story there. Uh, but just a professional hitter. And another guy says all the right things in the press conferences. We've been treated to, or not treated, depending on how you look at it, some A1 level pandering from Bryce Harper when you talk about saying all the right things. Mm-hmm. These new, the, these two new sluggers here have have done that, and to me, it hasn't fell over the top. You know, it seems like great fits. They're going to come in. They're going to work hard. They're dedicated to winning. And when you add them, not only their their talent, but you add their mindset to guys. Like Bryce, and guys like, in my opinion, uh, JT Romuto and Didi, I uh, would say even to an extent. And then you know, Bryce, those are that's a that was a great core in terms of personality, mindset. I think those guys all have their heads on their shoulders the right way in terms of you know competing to win the ball game night in night out, and that's like we've been missing that. We've been missing a little bit of the fire, a little bit of the seriousness, the the uh, maybe veteran presence possibly, and I think this is going to be huge from from that standpoint. To, to speak nothing of the bombs that are going to be hit. You mentioned the A one pandering, but LeBron should be taking notes on how to recruit from Bryce Harper because he goes. He goes to fellow Scott Boris client Nick Castellanos, and he's calling Scott Boris a thousand times a day, and he's in Nick's ear all last year through the offseason. He helps land this dude alongside of Dombrowski, and Dombrowski looked like the cool uncle next to Castellanos in that in that press conference. He looked like he was like, oh, yeah, I, I brought in my nephew to town, and, and he's going to rake. I mean, the the look on his face – during that press conference was truly something to behold alongside of Castellanos's answers. I am, I am beyond it all. I was through, I thought Schwarber was frankly like, Oh good. We're, you know, cause the Schwarber deal was for four years positioning ourselves well. And then we go off and get Castellanos. I'm like, okay, Phillies baseball, let's get it. Let's go April 8th. Let's get it going. Dude, I, I know I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, Schwarber, I like the signing. Uh, you know, it's it's good enough for me. Uh, in itself, what can we do with what's left here? Because I was assuming at that point they weren't going over the luxury tax, and then you hear they're in talks, and it's like, well, you know, I was, you know, they, the reports get leaked or whatever. It's tough to really believe anything, but I was surprised to even hear they were still in talks with a big name like that. Um. So then I was, you know, I, I really took notice when I heard that news because I thought if there's anything to this, this means the fills are going big. Johnny Mids goes <laughs> over the luxury tax and welcomes one more to the wagon for the 2022 fills. It's electric. I'm, I'm, I am absolutely just off my rocker about this lineup and defense aside, cannot wait. Dude, me neither, Andrew. What do you think as an outsider? Like Schwartz, Casty, what do you think? It's all it's awesome. It's it's uh 
definitely looks like a team that's ready to start having a DH. Um, interested to get in, probably on the next episode, get into positional stuff and how guys are going to get moved around and rotate into that DH spot. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's doing right by Bryce to go out and go over the luxury tax to put a team around him. Um, it's encouraging to hear filling up the bullpen because I feel like last year and even for the years before that, that's been the refrain of, Phillies fans is um, that's been the big missing piece. But then to go out and get put a couple of bats in the lineup like that to protect Bryce and compliment Bryce that's huge, and uh, it's it's almost just as important to communicate to Bryce that like we understand what we have in you and we don't want to waste your prime. We'll spend the money now to to see what we can do. Absolutely, and and that's that's what it seems like like kind of a a culmination i know i know nothing nothing has actually happened yet results wise but roster culmination of why the phillies signed harper in the first place when they were still coming out and possibly still are coming out of a long playoff drought and just like not quite fully formed yet there's no there's no doubt that this team is if at the very least a few pieces away. And I'm not. I'm not saying they're there yet. You look at some of the rosters across the MLB. It just there's just some ridiculous teams out there. We don't know what injuries there could be, what type of pitching depth there is on this team. It, we don't know a lot of stuff. But these are two big pieces, of two big bats that you you can't ignore this lineup anymore. If you could in the first place, you know it's just they're competing. There's there's no doubt now. Find for me the people. That are saying, oh, thank you, Manny Machado, for helping recruit this big name to the San Diego Padres. The list is zero people long. And that is rationale for why Bryce Harper was the right guy to get, even if you had to sign him for 13 years. Again, a lot of John Middleton love. He's making up for a lost decade. So I'm going to give him the credit where the credit is due. He made the right choice. Absolutely. Phillies are, you know, top 10, I think. Last I saw, maybe top seven most valuable franchises. You know, get up there with the big boys. Spend it like the uh, like the Dodgers and the Yankees. I mean, maybe not quite that much, but go spend a little bit. Come on now. So by the time you're listening to this episode, it's going to be somewhere around the 1st of April. And I'm hopeful that you're going to hear this one and then even one more leading into opening day. We're going to hope to have a second episode dropping either 48 or 24 hours ahead of MLB's opening day on April 8th. So as we get started with the MLB season, we are in earnest, starting with Season 2 of Fill Me In. As always, thank you to everyone for listening. You can subscribe to Fill Me In wherever you get your podcasts. All of our past and future episodes, links to our social media accounts, and our merch store can all be found at our website, which is fillmeinpod.com. That is P-H-I-L-M-E-I-N-P-O-D.com. So for myself, for Mitch, and for Andrew, this has been Fill Me In. We're out of here. Out of here.